Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records throughout the nation. And then, of course, we subsequently uh, break those records because that is what we do. My name is Jody Jenkins. I am Tony Clement. And this program, as always, brought to you by the great crew at Municipal Solutions, John Mutton and his team. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. And Tony, I know you have some information you want to pass along about the great folks there. I do. Can you hear Can you hear that? Yeah, is that music? Yeah. Well, it's like a jingle. Are you doing a jingle? Did you write a jingle for them? No, it's an instrumental. Okay. Hey, folks, it's Municipal Solutions time. It's time for business development, market analysis, energy and infrastructure advancement, strategic planning, stakeholder and government relations, and public policy development, courtesy of John Mutton. When he's not stuck in Warsaw, he's working for you. Let it snow, but let it snow with municipalsolutions.ca. And we also got to give a shout out to uh, another one of our great sponsors, not our presenting sponsor, but a sponsor nonetheless, uh, Lord and Lady Coffee, uh, medium roast and dark roast available by going to lordandlady.ca, small batch local roastery here in the Quinty region of Ontario. And we ship anywhere in Canada. Spend over $40 and shipping is free, lordandlady.ca. Okay. Time to get into the program. Yeah. Uh, We're excited today. Um, We have a good friend of mine. His name is David Boussier. I met him in college in Mm -hmm. like 1999, I think, is when we started at Loyalist in radio broadcasting. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I've been preparing for this for minutes, so thank you. (laughs) That's true. True fact. So, David, why don't you give us a little bit of your background and then we'll get into some questions about your life and where it's been but you are you a montreal guy is that is that true yeah i I grew up in montreal in the west island uh, which is used to be fairly anglophone and um yeah after the two referendums that i went through i decided it was time to uh as an anglophone who spoke french but not very well um decided to move to ontario after i got fired in french but i didn't understand what was happening that's not that's a true story and so uh moved to toronto worked for uh conrad black uh he owned southern publishing way back in the 90s and then uh yeah and then eventually wanted to go to study radio broadcasting in belleville and uh that's where i met you obviously and i'll just tell you quickly I wanted, uh, you know, I was coming there to a study and everything, and I had to come and meet uh, Hillary McLeod and a few of the teachers, et cetera, to make sure that they take me as a mature student. And I did not know the difference between Belleville and Brockville, so I was not exactly that uh, familiar with Ontario geography at the time. So. Uh-oh. Yeah, but I do now know the difference. Yeah. Do you know the difference between Brampton and Brantford? I do, yes. Uh, okay. I can get, uh, let me think here. I could probably get some really good food in Brampton for sure. <laughs> and there's a great hockey player in, originally from Bradford. Yeah. Hey, I got a question right off the bat. I, I'm, I'm horning in on you here, Jody, but uh, do you have any good uh, Conrad Black stories when you worked at Southern? Did you, did you interact with him at all? <laughs> uh, no, uh, I never actually got to meet uh, Conrad Black, or maybe that was a good thing. I don't know. Depends on where you stand on him. But uh, yeah, no, I never got to meet him. I heard stories. I knew my uncle also worked for Southern. That's how I got the job. And he had met him, and I didn't hear anything positive, to be honest. Have you had a chance to meet him? Uh, oh, yes. Um, many times times actually and 
I I don't want to tell any tales out of school, but uh, this is so so typical of uh, of how Conrad Black speaks because he has the, he has the whole in, of of the English language that he tries to use. So we were we were at a, a dinner. And um, Lisa Raitt was there. She's oh, yeah. uh, she was labor minister for the Dominion of Canada at the time, and uh, he did not know of her. And he leaned over to me and he he asked me very discreetly, "Who is that buxom blonde?" <laughs> I, and I thought, you know, that's one way to put it, I guess. And that, that's, that's the labor minister. Her name is Lisa Raitt. But that was such a. I felt like I was in the twenties all of a sudden. It was it was. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know what? And it's, it's who am I to to criticize Conrad Black without meeting him? I mean, he's a cop. You know, you can look at him on different, uh, you know, different angles. But at the end of the day, he's incredibly successful for quite a while, and he's written a lot of uh, successful books. And he's a, obviously a genius when it comes to history. I mean, he's you know, he's obviously a Renaissance man to a certain. I, I got to say, his uh, biography of Franklin Delano Roosevelt is uh, masterful. Absolutely masterful. So I would recommend that to anybody. Good. And random information, one of my greatest speeches in public school was on FDR. So I just want oh. to throw that out there. Yes. And I think I I think I even like won the competition for our school and I went to like that next level. I didn't make it to the top, but I made it past our school speeches with a with a speech about FDR. So I think it was like grade seven, maybe. Congratulations, Jody. Yeah. I'm I, very I, proud of you, brother. That's great. We well, I'm totally off track in the interview, but hey, just, what, what the heck? I just wanted to throw, hey, someone, you brought up Franklin Delano Roosevelt. I thought it was very timely to, uh, to interject there. David, I wanted you to comment a little bit on your passion for, because you love radio. I mean, that's one thing it's for sure, and I know that you'll share a little bit, but you also, like, you had a connection with a lot of, uh, radio broadcasters in Montreal and beyond, I'm sure. But you always have interesting stories, I find. And, and I think there's a connection to your dad as well. Maybe just unpack a little bit about what your dad did. Because um, I think it was in the music world. Is, is that correct? Uh, Jody, I told you before the interview, I don't like to talk about my family. <laughs> <laughs> no. Go on. Yeah, so actually, so my my parents, when they were together for the first 10 years of my life, uh, my mom worked for uh, a station called CKGM in Montreal in the 60s, early 60s. And, um, and then eventually she went to television. She worked for the CTV affiliate in Montreal, CFCF. It still exists. And, um, and she worked there for 25, 30 years. So um, through my mom, I actually had a lot of uh, broadcast exposure, I guess you could say. I could, my brother and I, um, we would go to the station on uh, weekends uh, when she was doing, like she was a, an assistant to the director or whatever, and she was doing uh, stuff. So we'd go to the station just to play pool and watch satellite TV back in like the early 80s when you couldn't get it anywhere else and hang out. And we'd see these, uh, you know, Dick Irvin, if you know anything about to Hockey Night in Canada back oh, in the wow. day. Yeah. Uh, we saw like, you know, some other people that were kind of in this, in that were big deals in Montreal, but not necessarily in, um, you know, the rest of Canada. Um, my dad, my dad just passed away January 7th of 2020. Um, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, he was, you know, he had a good life. Um, but I'm happy because living in Kingston, Ontario, trying to drive into Montreal during this COVID thing would be, you know, would have been a, a real nightmare uh, going back and forth, trying to get in the hospital to see him, et cetera. So um, 
anyway, my dad was actually an entertainer. He was like a musician. And I mean, he worked in nightclubs and he worked at the Queen Elizabeth and the Shadow Champlain and some of the bigger hotels. He worked for, like, he was in Brian Mulroney's uh, house in Westmount uh, for parties and things like that. So he would play some of the more upscale um, gatherings. Uh, if you've heard of the, the cheese, um, Saputo cheese. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, they're huge. Like, I think he's the richest Quebecer, the gentleman who owns uh, Saputo. Uh, he, they live in, they have a huge house in Centerville. So, my dad used to talk about how he would go to, you know, play at their house and different gigs and things. And then he also worked for, you know, going back to the early 70s and uh, late 60s, he worked for like the Catronis, if you're familiar with any you know, organized crime in Montreal. Uh, um, you know, they kind of ran things before Vito Rizzuto took I, over. I, I, deno- I deny any knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good, good plan. So uh, anyway, yeah. So basically going back to broadcasting, I really, you know, I, I just got to, um, you know, I was able to go on a few shows and I kind of just got a taste of talk radio. I always liked talk radio, Jody and Tony. Um, so when I was like 10, 11 years old, I would listen to talk radio in my bed with a little radio and I would, so I wouldn't get caught. And, and then I just really, really enjoyed it. And then eventually, like, you know, Howard Stern, I, I know, I, I know, Jody, your, your faith and everything. And I, I imagine Tony's probably in a similar uh, boat. Uh, and I am also, uh, I do have a faith. Um, but uh, when when Howard Stern came to Canada in 1996, um, I think it was 95 or 96, and he was on uh, Q107 and he was on Shome in Montreal. I remember. Yeah, I was intrigued, you know, um, and I started listening. Uh, Howard Stern is the best interviewer I've ever listened to. Uh, I agree, you know, and the thing is, so look, now I don't really think, I think Howard Stern now is not worth like subscribing to Sirius, uh, you know, for his uh, for his channel. And when I have Sirius, I don't even I don't even pay the extra money. But, like, I, I agree with you 100%. He's a great interviewer. And I really, if you took away the sex talk, you know, and the inappropriate stuff, um, he's a really entertaining guy, you know. And, like, you know, obviously, I mean, he, uh, he he's, I think he's worth half a billion dollars now. So, uh, anyway, not that money is the only way to judge somebody's success. But bottom line is, when I was in Toronto and I had moved and I was working for Southam, um, I would listen to Stern at my desk with a very, very quiet uh, radio. Um, and then I just like, again, it just kind of fueled my, um, my desire to go into radio broadcasting. And so that's when I went to Belleville and that's when I got to meet Jody and, uh, like <laughs> first time I saw Jody. So I'm there and I'm like an older guy. I was like, uh, I think it was like in my thirties, early thirties. And then, um, I'm seeing most of the kids are just average, you know, whatever. Um, they're, you know, they're young and they don't really have a lot of experience and stuff. And then I, I'm, I come into the studio and I hear Jody on the air and I was like, wow, like this guy's unbelievable, you know, uh, really, really sounds great. And, and I was just impressed right from the, uh, the, the first time I ever heard him and uh, it went downhill from there. But the first time I heard him, I was impressed. <laughs> I was just going to say, so you grow up around, you know, your family's obviously in the media world. Uh, you, you, you come across Howard Stern, you fall in love with those programs. I'm just curious. So you go to, so then you go to Loyalist college to take radio. How long did it take before you realized that you wouldn't be able to make it in this business? You know, that's a, that's a really good question that I get, you know, all the time. And so I should have a pat answer, right? You know, I shouldn't just have to, like, kind of struggle to answer that. Uh, no, I mean, you know, what I, <laughs> I did that. I did radio broadcasting for maybe five years. And then a personal uh, situation um, 
with my family uh, made me kind of have to leave radio. But um, in all seriousness, I loved radio. And yeah. I, I was like blessed in the fact that um, we used to have the speakers. I don't know if you remember this, Jody. I'm sure you do. They would come to our, our station or uh, our class. Like, I think it was like once a week, we'd get to hear like a professional broadcaster. Yeah. And or a PD or whoever, like that guy from Coburg, Don, uh, I can't remember his name, but Don Martin, was it not Don, Don Martin? Martin? Don Martin? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So people like that. So anyway, um, I was really good at sucking up and uh, Mark Miatello came uh, from Kingston. He, he was the PD at Fly FM and, uh, and they were starting a, an all sports radio station, uh, the team, which was like a satellite of uh, going across Canada, different uh, setups across Canada would broadcast out of Toronto, a feed. So anyway, I sucked up to Mark Miatello. I think I gave him like a, a bouquet of flowers. At first he was confused and I said, no, no, I imagine you're married. You know, please pass them along. And it wasn't as uncomfortable. And then um, eventually I got, I was able to get a job through him, which was no big deal. It was just like minimum wage, but I was opting the board for this new um, all across Canada sports network right out of the gate, which was really cool. And it also allowed me to just to do like 20, 20 sports updates, you know, every 20 minutes from, from the morning show. So six twenty right down to, I think 9am. And then, um, yeah. And then that turned into, I can't remember. I, I, I had to go to like, unfortunately, Owen Sound. No offense to people in Owen Sound. It's a beautiful area, but I'm, I'm not like, it just was a little bit too far away for me. Um, I did some morning stuff there. And then, you know, Belleville, uh, Jody, you and I used to try and torture you and you were on Mix 97 and Colin yeah. and stuff when you were doing talk radio on uh, 800, I think it was, CJBQ. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been in radio for 20 years now. Tony does a radio show, and radio's changed so much. And I just got, I'm just trying to remember, but I can remember my first radio gig. I got it while I was at Loyalist. And I, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, David, but I feel like you came with me. We drove up in a snowstorm to drop off an actual cassette tape at the Wolf in Peterborough. Is oh, that yeah. accurate? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I always like, I was always admiring you because you were just ahead of everybody else. And I remember that. Yeah. Just going to the wolf. I was just like in awe because, you know, it's the wolf. You know, they have the greatest imaging voices and central Ontario, you know, all this stuff. You know, it was really exciting. And um, yeah, like I was just really happy for you. And so I do remember that actually. You were working at the wolf and you were still at Loyalist and you were working at the wolf. Is that right? Yeah, I got it part time. I was doing uh, Saturdays. Like I think I was actually, I think it was the all request show on Saturday nights. And I got that while I was still at Loyalist. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, good for you. You know, you do- totally deserved it. And, um, I mean, it's funny, like, the thing about school, and Tony, you probably, I mean, if you were in government and everything, what, are you a lawyer? What is your uh, profession besides uh, public service? If I'm yes, I, I am a lawyer, although I don't practice law. I'm a startup entrepreneur. But, uh, yes, I do have law in my background. Okay. So you're probably an ex, you were obviously a good enough student to get through law school. (laughs) I kind of got through it, although I did spend a lot of time in the uh, pinball room, but uh, I did manage to find my way through it. Yes. So uh, my point is, um, you know, like I always, I never did well in school and uh, you know, with Jody, like, it's funny. uh, I remember, this is just a quick thing about him. So I personally thought he was the best student in the class and I couldn't understand why he wasn't like pulling A's, even if he barely did anything. Cause he's just so funny. And he was, you know, he had a great uh, mic technique. He had everything. Right. And then I remember that he couldn't graduate because he had to pay $75, a fine for $75 for equipment rental or something. Oh my word. It's like, it's like having the books do at the library. 
Yeah, I don't know. Wasn't that what it was that you had borrowed some equipment or something and you yeah, something something like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Said so to shell out seventy five bucks, or you just you just said screw it, I'm not graduating. What'd you do? Joe? No, I graduated, so I must have paid the money. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But right. I just it was just, and I never thought he got the respect that he that he should have. Yeah, had. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. But it was, good. You know, it was good. You know, he was the rock in the field of loyalists. You know. It's it's interesting because David also has posted, and we should I should I would love to share a link uh, to some of your youth because you've posted on YouTube some of you and my and me and you doing some old shows and some skims of our audio, which is hilarious to listen to now. Um, it's stuff you would never get away with on the radio. I we'd be fired instantly, I think, for some of our comments. But yet it was nice to push the envelope and do creative shows. Obviously, we were very green at the time, but radio these days is so cookie cutter, vanilla, boring. I think. What's the, what's the future of radio? That's what I want to know, Dave. Do you have any views on that? Yeah, you know that's interesting. Um, I don't. So it's I can't imagine, and I don't. You know, it's always the way. It always seems like older people. Like I'm 53, so it always. You know, it's always somebody that's old that looks and goes, "Oh my God!" You know, like the the world's coming to an end and you, you know what I mean? Um, it's not like the good old days and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, I imagine there's definitely a place for radio and, and, and I think it's definitely like local, like it's always been local, right? Like they've always preached that you gotta be local and all that. And that totally makes sense because you can get so much entertainment for free without commercials really, or just limited amounts of commercials at the beginning of a pod, but podcasts, I mean, everybody listens to podcasts yeah. and, and I mean, and then there's satellite radio and it's so cheap. Um, and so like, it's probably really difficult. Like Jody was saying, you know, everything's cookie cutter, everything's so formatted. Um, so I don't know, like, I personally think going local and having like lots of local content, talking about what's going on, uh, in like places like Belleville, Kingston, wherever. Um, because I imagine the stations like in the bigger areas, like the GTA, you know, you're looking at like talk 640, CFRB, 1010, uh, 680 news. Like when I drive through Toronto, I'll pop 680 on just because I want to know what's going on with the traffic, even though you're using Waze or whatever. Um. So, like, I think you have to have local content. I mean, music, people can, they've got all sorts of Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. Um, there's so many services. So there's so many things that have kind of branched off that, like, how do you stand out and how do you get people to actually listen to you? I, I think you've said it. I, I think that it's, it's uh, the survival mode is go local, be uh, the place to get local news, uh, local breaking stuff, whether it's the weather or the traffic. Uh, I, I work at a community radio station uh, as a volunteer, uh, Hunters Bay Radio in Huntsville, and we've got 40 volunteers. We have our own shows. I have my, my rockin' show. There are country shows. There are folk shows. There are Britpop shows and also lo- other local talk radio content. And that, that I think there, there'll always be a market for that, I think. Uh, and yes, there are podcasts that can be local podcasts, but let's face it. I mean, uh, I mean, we're, I, we're very lucky. We have sponsorship that maybe, what is it? 1% of podcasts actually have sponsors. Uh, it's gotta be something as low as that. So all for the rest of the folks, it's a labor of love and God bless them for doing it, but it's not going to have the bandwidth to have a local audience like like radio will have yeah yeah no and radio has changed so much i mean i've been you know when i started my career uh what i would consider traditional radio would you call it a career jody just to clarify (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. Um, but when I started my career in traditional radio, you know, you're conditioned to think that, um, first of all, that, you know, the listeners all love the announcers. It's all about the announcers. It's all about the local content. It's all about the promotions and the contests, which I'm not saying it isn't, but I think that has slowly waned because I've gone to other companies where they found more efficiencies. And I was like, Oh wait, maybe we don't have to do all those contests and giveaways to get listeners. And now kind of, uh, you know, at the end earlier this year, uh, we had COVID, uh, related cuts. I was unfortunately one of them that was kind of bought out from our stations and I'm, you know, just in the podcast world now. And it's like, I don't even, to be honest, other than some talk radio, I get all my content and information online. I do not listen to radio for the most part. So I think there's kind of been this metamorphosis where I've seen that the future of radio, I'm not saying while well, it's gone, I think they obviously have to pivot and change. And I think the online presence uh, is way more important than it ever was before. That's my opinion. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just say one just quick anecdote. Yesterday I, I picked my wife up at work and we were driving home. And uh, so there's a station here in the Kingston area. It's 92.1 FM or something. It's out of Amherst Island, which is this tiny Island near here. And uh, I've never been there, but anyway, I listened to it specifically because it's, it's just a publicly funded radio station, kind of like Tony was uh, uh, describing where you are. And so we're, we're driving and uh the, the woman's talking about owls. <laughs> it's like a bird. It was like a bird uh, show about Amherst. Owl, owl show. Yeah. And she, well, she was all about birds and she started describing a bird call and she actually played it and said, this is what the bird's saying. And all this. my wife turned to me. She's like, is, are you putting me on? Are you actually listening to this? Or are you just trying to, you know, to annoy me as usual? And I said, no, no, I'm legitimately listening to this station um, because I actually, I enjoy like, you know, where are you going to hear information and it turned out that apparently Amherst Island here in King outside of Kingston has the most diverse species of owls in North America. And who would ever know that? Not that I'm ever going to get that trivial pursuit, but bottom line is it's pretty cool. Like the programming you can hear on these on these um publicly funded radio stations and stuff. Um it's quite interesting and it's not I mean not everybody would be interested in that, but I mean I like hearing I don't want to hear the same exact format and the same cheesy like talking points that they have to, you know, to bring up about uh, somebody in Florida did something crazy or whatever. Like, I like hearing stuff that's a little bit off the wall, you know? I think that's, I think that's good. I like you can, there are over a million podcasts. So the podcasting is going to continue to grow, I believe. Um, but I, I guess I'm kind of in the, in between you guys in, in the sense that I still, I still see a place for uh local radio um i got rid of my satellite i got rid of my sirius xm satellite radio um uh, subscription uh, about three months ago because i'm not in my car all the time anymore you know and uh so what what's the point of that so uh, so then i discovered local radio again and uh not not just my own radio station but other local radio too so i, I still see i still see the 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 value in that but on the other hand, when I'm going for my walk or I'm, I'm at the gym uh, with my earbuds in, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm not listening to music, which is what I would norm, would have done pre-COVID. I'm listening to the, my favorite podcast, which includes And Another Thing podcast, by the way. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah, exactly. So, um, 
Sorry, go ahead, David. No, go ahead, Jeff. No, I was just going to say I, one other thing I wanted to bring up before we let you go is that you are still a huge Montreal Canadiens fan. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, actually, I think we're going to have a great year. I, you know, eventually, uh, you say what a broken clock is right uh, twice a day, right? So I'm, I'm hoping that the Habs finally can turn it up, and it's going to be interesting if they, in fact, have the uh, Canadian, like the all Canadian. Oh, division. I know. Yeah, um, it would be nice because we can actually compete with the Leafs. I believe. You know, right now, I don't know. I mean, they have a stacked team. I, I have to say that. I'm in Kingston, and, you know, people uh, around here, there's a lot of Toronto fans, a lot of Ottawa fans, and some Boston fans. Of course, Montreal fans, too. But, yeah, like, I think it's going to be quite interesting. January 13th, it starts, so uh, we'll see what happens. But, um, hey, Jody, can I quickly just uh, mention my quick stuff or no? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sure you have some good editing software. Um so basically, uh, after I did radio broadcasting, I transitioned into financial services. I was a regional manager, kind of promoting MasterCard across Ontario and parts of Canada. I did that for over 12 years. It was wonderful. And everything that I learned in communications and in radio broadcasting, uh, I was able to apply. And it helped me be a better communicator in what I was doing in financial services and team building and sales and all that stuff. So I, I really like enjoyed my radio experience, even though it was only four or five years um, and meeting great people like you, uh, Jody and other people. So it was all good. But anyway, so I did that for 12 years and then I got packaged out just like you did uh, earlier this year or uh, Jody. And it yeah. actually was a good thing. I was already prepared. I knew it was coming and um, I started my own business. I've been playing this weird sport called pickleball. Fastest oh, pickleball. Okay. <laughs> Fastest growing sport in North America. More I know. Play, play hockey in North America. Um, so it's mainly played when I first started six, seven years ago uh, by old rich people. Uh, but now it's like everybody's playing. And um, we've got young people, older people. Um, it's, it's just a really fun sport. You don't have, like, unfortunately, the COVID has really uh, impacted my, our sport and my business uh, over the last, you know, eight, nine months. But not a big deal. Uh, we'll eventually recover. But the bottom line is, uh, if people are interested and they're interested in my story about pickleball and they're interested in finding out more, they can go to like thirdshotdrop.ca. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's website. And um, I've traveled all over the States and Canada because of pickleball and met a lot of really nice people. So it's been a blessing. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I still kind of use my radio. Very stuff. popular in Muskoka. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's uh, one player actually up there, Third Shot Sports, Mark Rennison out of Collingwood. Who is um, he travels all over North America and he does broadcast on CBS Sports Network. Um, he does pickleball broadcast, but he's out of Collingwood. Well, I think one of the best players in Canada is actually a Belleville-born guy, Michael Botterill. Uh, he plays out of the, he plays out west. Oh, is that right? Okay, I thought you were going to yeah. say somebody. I thought you were going to say Grant. Uh... No, Grant Boule. <laughs> he's, he's pretty popular in Arizona, but no, Mike Botterill. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, who's known as bots and used to play in the CFL is now a huge pickleball player out, uh, out West. I think he's pretty good. Okay. Right on. Have to we're, we're going to an all pickleball, uh, 24 seven on, and another thing podcast, by well, the way. maybe, maybe third drop shot or whatever the name of your company is. David can sponsor our program. Exactly. Seeing that we've turned this into like an advertisement for your company. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, David, we thank you for your time today. We wish you all the best for Christmas, and uh, 2021 is going to be a great one, uh, so we appreciate that. And, Tony, hey, it was really nice to chat with you. I never thought I'd get the opportunity. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. It's great, David. All the best.
Oh, so are those owl sounds, Tony? Sound of owl at night. Oh. Says. It's kind of oh, there you go. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that our guest David was able to bring up owls, and we were able to uh, we were able to let you to find some sound effects for that. I, exactly. So I just I'm totally into it now. If hey, if that can boost our sales, I'm I'm into it. <laughs> well, I wish you all the best uh, for the upcoming Christmas uh, season. Yes, and uh, into uh, 2021, uh, we're excited about uh, what the future holds. And uh, well, I hope it's not more lockdowns. <laughs> That's all yeah, I can exactly. We're in the I lockdown know, mode right now in Ontario. And uh, but listen, we can get through this and hopefully get to the other side. And I just want to say personally, thank you to our listenership. They've been very loyal to us, Jody, over the yeah. last few months and uh, the months of COVID. And thank you for that. And thank you to our wonderful sponsors as well. All right, Tony, we'll do this again in seven days. You bet.